I did not realize until we were done recording, but this incredible guest actually has a song about the woman at the well. If you have known me for any amount of time, you know, the woman at the well is like my home girl. I've already put in a request that we have neighboring mansions in heaven. <laughs> But Olivia Lane has a song about her that just came out. It already has like a bazillion downloads. So, oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot wait to share this episode with you. Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your Truth For Your 20s podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be, on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Upward. Upward is a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. If that describes you, make sure you head over to the App Store and download the Upward app today. Hello, my name is Katie, and I'm your host of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Today, I have with me my friend, Olivia. Uh, She is an artist, a recording artist. She has a podcast. She is an incredible personality on TikTok and Instagram, and I fell in love with all the things she's doing. So as a girl with a podcast does, I say, hey, can you be my new friend and come on my podcast? Is that That's pretty much how it went down, right, Olivia? (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, uh, girl, I feel you because that's how I get people on my podcast. I'm like, hey, I just like really like you. I'm yeah. into what you're saying and doing and I, I appreciate your content. Let's talk. Yes, that's pretty much how it went down. So I saw what yeah. she was doing. I was picking up what she was throwing down. I love all of her content. And so I begged her to be my best friend. That's pretty much how it went down. So here we are, yeah. Olivia. Can you introduce who you are and what you are up to now? Yes. Um, Well, my name is Olivia Lane, and I am a singer-songwriter outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Uh, Had a little stint in Los Angeles for about seven years. Did two years of high school, four years of college out there. And I had a pretty uh, dramatic uh, calling shift. I went from, well, it wasn't that dramatic, from acting to singing. But to me at the time, it was pretty dramatic because I had been pursuing acting my whole life. And music just was was what I needed to do at the time. And so um, in 2013, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee and sort of started over with the songwriting situation. And I've been here uh, for about eight years in Nashville and I love it here. I love living here. It's such a fun place to be and so many amazing people live here. And there's really a renaissance going on in Nashville right now. So many people are moving here from Los Angeles, from New York, because you can do music, but you can also live a pretty normal life. You know, like in LA, it's people are, are, are striving to just make rent there. It's so expensive to live and the same with New York. So it's been a good ride. It's been a wonderful, wonderful life so far, you know, making it through my 20s. I'm, I'm almost closing the chapter of my 20s. I'm turning 30 in July on July 26th. So nice. Yeah. 
I love all of this. Um, and you're right. I call Nashville like the Los Angeles of the South. It's just, mm-hmm. it's such a cool city. And um, so many people I look up to in all different forms of the the limelight live in Nashville. So yeah. And you're one of them. Yay. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so nice. Okay. So tell me about what you're doing in the recording industry now. Like how's your music taking off? Like all of that good stuff. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I'm at a place where I just am so I've just submitted to what God has in store for me. Uh, I had a pretty intense spiritual shift when I moved to Nashville. Um, in 2018, I went from atheist to believer and that radically changed my life and it radically changed the way I look at my career. So I just got to a place where in all forms of my life, my career, my, my relationship life, just everything, I, I felt it was um, necessary for me to just give over control. And that started really for me when I, in 2017, a little bit about my story, I was just crazy on the road, touring, not caring about my body. I mean, I was a 24-year-old girl, like playing these two-hour-long gigs in the middle of, you know, like Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And you just kind of live the rock star life for a little while. And you think that that's the path that you should be on because you hear all these stories of paying your dues and, and, and playing in all these bars and, and schmoozing with the bartenders and people being drunk and tipping, you know, it's just the whole thing. Um, it's just, it's a very interesting life when you really, really look at it, uh, not from, a outsider's perspective because it looks like glitz and glamour, red carpets and all that stuff. But <laughs> when you are paying your dues, it's, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's grinding. It really is. You know, it's like, you're not getting a lot of sleep and you're driving from town to town in a van with four dudes, just trying to, you know, mentally stay focused. And I had no sense of how to stay mentally focused in my early twenties. Basically long story short, I lost my voice because I was grinding it out so much and I had no idea how to mental, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually take care of myself. There were no tools in my tool belt. Um, I thought drinking was, was one of them. I thought, you know, I could just relax after a long gig and that would just like make me feel better. It didn't. The no sleep drinking, just running myself into the ground really caught up with me around 2016, 17. And I completely just like my voice parts of my voice started to go away. I would just be singing like, la, 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 la. And like, I would go for the high money note and it wouldn't be there. And day by day, I would just keep losing parts of my voice. And it was very terrifying. I was like, this is my livelihood. This is how I make money. And it's about to be robbed from me. So I either continue on this path of destruction or I take a break and I learn how to take care of myself. And I don't think I necessarily consciously knew that I was about to go on this spiritual self-love journey. I just wanted my voice back. (laughs) And that led me to a lot of healing and self-confidence work. Self-love to me is kind of interesting because it's like, yes, love yourself. It's like, well, loving yourself takes a lot of work it's going to therapy. It's, it's learning about yourself. It's uncovering a lot of your childhood wounds that maybe you haven't worked through and, and breaking a lot of mental patterns. That was a very long winded answer to no, your it's question. Good. 
<laughs> but now in my work, because I've gone on this self-confidence journey that started with therapy and it led me to a spiritual transformation, I just feel so rooted in what I'm doing in Nashville and in my music. And I got to the point, especially with 2020, because 2020, I think, has refocused a lot of what's important to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, I got to the point where I was like, I can't live in, in this country music box anymore. I just can't. Like, God has called me to something greater. He's called me to sing about him and to honor him in my music. And it's not necessarily Christian music, but it's not necessarily country music. So I'm in this weird spot now where I'm just giving over and letting God do what he does best. And um, I've just gotten to this point where I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to dive back into acting. So I just signed with an agent, (laughs) which is amazing. I mean, for so long, it's like I tried to get an agent in Los Angeles and it just never worked out. And of course, I have to come to Nashville to get an agent. So it just worked out for me. God is, is planting things in my path for me to take advantage of, which is amazing. I was like, you know what? I love devotions and I think I have something to say about my, you know, going from atheist to amen. And I'm going to write a devotional. Let's figure that out. How do I do that? And I just submitted my proposal for my devotional. So waiting to hear back. And it's just, I am so open to whatever God has for me. I don't even care if it's singing and songwriting anymore. Like I I just, I'm at the point where I just want to be, he knows I'm creative and he knows that I have a heart to uh, minister through my creativity. So I'm just open and it's a really good spot to be in. It's much better than where I was in 2017, just completely bound up and scared for my career and just thinking about it on one path, you know? Wow. This is incredible. So what I'm hearing is your voice was your everything. You know, that's what took you across the country. That's what gave you an income. It sounds like, I mean, that's was like your, what you were known for. And then it got taken away and you're like, um, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But look at all of these other crazy, amazing acting deal, a devotional deal. Like what? <laughs> okay. God is good. God is good. Like that's all, that's all I can say. <laughs> I am just flabbergasted. Is that a word still? I don't even know. It is. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So this is so interesting. I feel like that's such a story for so many people. It's like, this is my thing. This is my identity. This is what I'm going to hold on to with all my might. And sometimes that's the thing that is taken away to bring us to what is supposed to be, right? Absolutely. Oh, I I have so many conversations with girls as it relates to boyfriends, just about that topic, right? Yes, this is my happily ever after. It has to work out. There is no other plan B. Um, And sometimes that's taken away to give you what you really need. 100%. And I resonate with that. I resonate with that so much because I, for a really long time, especially in college, I wish someone would have sat me down in college and said, Olivia, use this time to focus on you. Don't worry about men. It will be fine. We will work it out later. And of course I didn't have God as my like holy counselor at the time. So I just, I threw myself into men because I was searching for this. I was searching to be seen. I mean, honestly, like just to be fully seen. And I thought men was the answer. Um, And 
uh, nope, turns out that they're just as broken and flawed as I am. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> you know? Who knew? Who knew? And everybody's working on their stuff and we all have stuff to work on. But for me, I was toxically throwing myself into relationships and I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Been there. So, Been there. It, but all of those relationships, again, it's like looking back, there are some regrets I have, but it all led me to understanding my worth and my value eventually down the line. Okay. This is, I, I want to ask you a million questions. Talk to me yes. about from atheist to amen, because obviously there's more to unpack there and I want to hear the good stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's wild. It's a wild story, but that's how God works. It is, it is wild. So many people, and, and I get it. I'm very close to it because I was an atheist for so long and, um, it doesn't logically make sense. You know, like the, God does not work in our fleshly logical ways. He's bigger than that. He created us, right? And I want my God to be bigger. I want to not understand some things yeah. because it's just too much. It's too, there's things that we're just not supposed to know because we can't handle it. And I'm cool with that. Like, that's fine with me. Like, <laughs> I will just keep going about my day knowing that someone has a greater plan for me. And I just need to step into what he puts in my path. But yeah, so lost my voice, started going to therapy. And this God was working in my life before I even knew. But my therapist and my vocal coach. So they are two very integral people who saw me through a lot of my, a lot of my baggage, a lot of my broken a lot of my childhood wounds and they saw a lot of tears. <laughs> I joke, I joke with my, um, with a lot of my artist friends who are going through their own journey and their own vocal journey because a lot of vocal lessons is crying. Like it's like a second therapy because so much of singing is emotional and spiritual. Like you can sing fun notes all day, but if you don't make people feel anything, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So my vocal coach and my therapist, for about a year, I was really working on my voice, rehabbing, just undoing. I was doing uh, undoing a lot because I had to undo to build back mm. um, in the correct way, which is so funny because that was such a theme for what God was doing. He was totally undoing me and unraveling me to build me back up again to be my greatest self. And he couldn't use he couldn't use me. You know, he was like, "Okay, so I'm allowing this to happen. Your voice is gone. So what are you going to do with that?" And I wasn't conscious of him at the time, but looking back, I was like, wow, he totally had his hand on me the whole time. But my, I got to a point where I felt really good about sort of my fleshly self and therapy. And I was like, what, what's next, Beth? What's next? And she, first day in therapy, she drew me this picture and she drew four bubbles and it was logical, spiritual, emotional, physical. And she was like, you're working on your physical We've definitely worked on your emotional and your logical is not overriding your whole life anymore. So the only bubble that you have not really conquered is your spiritual one. And I was like, oh, that sounds not fun. Don't want to do that. That's no, that's not me. That's I, I'm just one of those people who doesn't have a spiritual connection. It's just never going to happen for me. And she was like, well, if you want this, this is what you, it's very logical in the therapy world. It's like, if you want this, you do that. If you, if you want to have clarity here, you need to heal that. It's like, oh, okay. So I begrudgingly went on my own path of looking at religions, looking at spiritual lives, seeing what I resonated with. And, and I, I grew up going to church. That's the thing. I grew up 
Methodist and went to Jesus camp, did the whole thing. And it just was like, meh, meh. Like all these people here, they, they're crazy. They believe in this person who's not real. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Got confirmed, got baptized, did the whole thing. Like, you know, but it was all for show. It was all for performance, right? It was, it, there never was a relationship with God. And for some reason it didn't sink into me that way. It, and, and we didn't talk about it at my home and, and, I have the best parents in the world. They're amazing, but it just spiritual life wasn't really talked about. And so I just kind of discarded it. So when I was confronted with it again in therapy, I was like, Ugh, I've been down this road and I haven't found anything that's been great yet. But she pushed me and kept pushing me. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And the more research I did, the more I just kept coming back to, to God and to Jesus specifically, because a lot of people say, God, God, God. It's like, no, it's God with Jesus being my Lord and Savior. Because the thing is, I felt like Jesus was the only kind of religion. I'm doing my air in quote, like my fingers in air quotations, because I prefer relationship versus the word religion. But it was the only religion that made sense to me because it talked about love the most. It talked about acceptance. It talked about grace. It talked about mercy. And it also talked about you not being in control. And that was appealing to me. A lot of other religions and spiritual life, it's like, it's in you. You're, it's all about you. And I was like, I can't, I can't handle that. That, that is, I'm looking to give up control at this point. And I was like, okay. So I started doing my research in like December 2017 and I was reading books and just trying to get to know this. We called him the G-man for a long time because I was not comfortable saying God. It was like that. It was that crazy, Um, (laughs) which is so funny. Um, But then I went to Sedona with my mom and my sister and I'll never forget. I was experimenting. I had my tarot cards read. And I didn't necessarily know that that was like a no-no in, you know, what I believe now. But I was like, let's just try everything. Let's, let's get spiritual. And I'm not saying that tarot cards aren't real. They're definitely very real. Like the spiritual life is real, guys. It just kind of depends on what your satellite, what satellite you want to tune into. And I was sitting across the table from this woman reading my tarot cards. And uh, at the, at the umpteenth hour, in the very last minute, I go, what's that card? She goes, oh, that's like your spiritual, you know, life, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I can tell you're searching. I mean, of course, everybody was searching at the place we we're staying, but, and we're all searching in life, yeah. but, but she looks at me and she's like, what are you thinking of believing? And I was like, well, I'm thinking of, you know, Jesus. Like, I think that's really gelling with me. And she looked me square in the eye and she said, I would stay open to whatever you want to believe. And that stuck with me. It kind of scared me. And it also kind of was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to take that. Is that, is that something, is she trying to scare me? Is she trying to warn me? I, I, I don't know. And my therapist before I left for that trip for Sedona said, be careful, just be careful. And that was a really, really pivotal moment for me because I, when she said that to me, I got all of these feelings back of like anxiety and pressure and religion being creepy. And I just, it, it, I was like, I don't like the way this makes me feel. But then I got back from Sedona and I just kept doing my work with Jesus. And the more that I learned about him, the more I just got jazzed. Right. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like 
this makes sense. I'm logically not quite there yet on believing it, but it does seem pretty cool. Um, and it's completely far away from what I thought religion was. And on April 29th, 2018, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. And I'll never forget it because it's something I logically cannot make sense of, but I know it's real and I know it happened. And I, I, there's this TikTok right now that's going vi like viral about it. It's like literally like I saw, I was an atheist till I saw Jesus in my living room. And it's, it's ruffling a lot of feathers right now because a lot of relationship with God cannot logically be explained. Yeah. It just is, it just exists. And it just makes me feel better. And from that moment on, it's like, I just have had this deep, deep feeling of peace that I've been searching for for so long. And I, I think that's really what my message is within my podcast, my music. It's like, guys, God's it. God's the answer. Yeah. Like I've been searching for it for forever through men, through drugs, through drinking, through uh, anything you could possibly think of. I tried finding it and never, never could find anything as deep. And I'm deeply seen, kind of what I said earlier, like I was just looking to be deeply seen and known. And that's what, that's what believing in Jesus does for me. And I think it does that for a lot of people. It's wild. It's wild. It logically does not make sense. And, and I totally get it. But it just is. Faith, faith requires a lot of courage. I'm over here grinning from ear to ear because, yeah, when I... Um, a similar story, you know, I grew up, uh, sort of kind of Christian, you know, not really. Um, yeah. Lukewarm. Yeah. Like, lukewarm, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll come hang out with the cute boys in the donuts. Yes, that's fine. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, totally. And I, it's so true because I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. And all to be a Christian when I'm a grandma, but meanwhile, I got to have fun. I got to get attention to my boys. I got to experiment with drugs yeah. and alcohol and popularity. Yeah. And it's so interesting because you were living this quote, red carpet lifestyle with the best of all of the things and the lights and the, you know, the cutest boys and the best drinks and all the things. And I find that so interesting because we're all chasing this. And we look at a lot of celebrities who have quote it all. And yeah. a lot of, unfortunately are, depressed and you know in a really not funky a really bad place and your story you know says that like you know I found all this but I had all this quote worldly stuff I had the it stuff and it wasn't satisfying and I found it in Jesus and I just think that that's so beautiful oh thank you it is beautiful and I'm so I think a lot of people, I'm so on fire for Jesus right now. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, those Christians, they're just like, they're in your face about it. And it's like, no, we're so excited because we finally have found what we've been looking for our whole life. Peace. Yeah. Like everybody's looking for peace in all the wrong places. And I need to write a song about that. Yes, you it's do. Wrong places. <laughs> but it's like, we just have such a gift and such um, an opportunity to really find what our true deep purpose in life is. And it might not be the life you're living right now. It wasn't the life I was living. Maybe, maybe the passion was right, but the calling wasn't right. Who I was doing it for was not right. You know, I... I would always struggle with like, yeah, my music's okay, but like 
maybe this is just what everybody feels like maybe this song that I'm not super passionate about. It's very radio friendly and everybody's telling me like it's perfect for radio. So maybe that's what they want versus being so just believing in my music wholeheartedly. Cause if I don't believe in my music, how can I expect thousands of people to believe in my music? And it translated when I lost my voice, it translated into my music. Cause I was like, I don't even know what I want to say. I don't even know who I am. I, and I already have music out. I'm already like living this life as a musician. What am I doing? Like, I'm just singing songs for no one. Like, you know, like I, I just, I don't know. It, it was weird. It was a weird transition that it just, life makes more sense to me because putting out music and, and, and being on TikTok and wanting to do the entertainer thing and write a book and, a lot of people could look at that and say, well, that's very narcissistic. Like who, you know, like it's all about you. And for me, I'll always get that hate. That's fine. There's so much hate on that TikTok video. That's like, you're delusional. You need to go see someone uh, like, like hallucinating and drugs. is not a joke. I'm like, <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm dealing with it the best way I can. Cause it's kind of like the first time where I'm like, oh my gosh, people think I'm nuts. Local cuckoo bananas. But I used to think I was like 2017 Olivia would think now Olivia is local cuckoo bananas. So I get it. I logically get it. And it's having the space to have an open conversation about why a lot of people don't want to do the why work, you know, um, of, of faith and religion. But for me, like I just give it to God now. It's just glorifying God. Like I, I wrote the song because I, because I'm a vessel and that's what he wants to do through me. And it's, it is a, it, I am the vessel, but it's not about me. Yeah. And that's been so eye opening, um, peace giving for me. Freedom. It sounds like freedom. Freedom. Yes. Y'all know Jesus-loving young couples are the chai tea to my latte, which is why I'm so excited to partner with Upward Dating App. It's a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. I'm so passionate about helping you define what matters, and most girls I mentor say the number one non-negotiable as it relates to dating is having a shared faith, which is very, very good and so important. So my friends, here is my wish for you. Number one, understand the incredible love Christ has for you. Fall head over heels with the only man who can truly complete you. His name is Jesus. Number two, love that beautiful girl staring back at you in the mirror and the incredible masterpiece that God made you to be. And number three, go download the Upward Dating app and walk with clear intentions into a healthy, Jesus-loving relationship. By the way, please DM me the wedding pictures. I just relate to you so much because I too was the like, on my own strength, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do this. And then your identity was wrapped up in your music and then that was taken away. And so it sounds like you, yeah, I'm sure you probably had some identity crisis. Like, okay, well now who am I? What am I writing? Who am I writing to? And gosh, yeah, that's just so relatable because I feel like someone, whoever's listening is probably had some sort of I thought I was going this way. This was my major and now it's ripped up. Like this was my future. And then 2020, this was my happily ever after. And then we broke up, whatever, like you thought this was where you were headed and that was ripped up. And it's like, okay, now let's define where this train is headed now. And, and it's, it's a broken to rebuilding. You said that too. And I love that because a lot of times we build our own 
castle, so to speak, on this shaky foundation. And we're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I just need to redecorate and make it prettier and build the walls. And God's like, no, you don't. We need to level this bad boy out. Yeah, and, and you rebuild. need to go build a foundation on concrete, on solid foundation, not sand, girl. Let's go. Right. And you know what's funny? Like I, as I have the most amazing girlfriends in Nashville, I'm so thankful for them. Uh, they are all rooted in Jesus. And like we have these conversations and it's opened me up to have such deeper friendships. And I prayed, I prayed for good girlfriends for God. Like God put me it, it, once you accept Jesus into your life, yes, life becomes a little bit more peaceful, but it, it's hard still because God has to take people out of your life that don't serve you. And that was the hardest season because it happened instantly. He took people out of my life left and right. And I went on this journey. I mean, even in my business life, I mean, he took managers out. He took, he took so many people out of my life that, that were not serving his purpose and luckily I had people along the way telling me like, Hey, this is going to happen. Um, so I was prepared for it. Didn't make it any easier. And so I just prayed to God because God was like, you need nothing but me. I'm going to keep breaking your leg, your, you know, your metaphorical leg to, to turn back to me because that's all you need. And I need you to get there so I can give you the blessing that I'm going to give you, you know? And, and he's still continually doing that daily. He's like, okay, here's a little bit of, a little bit more. Can you handle it? Let's see if you can handle it. But he really fortified me with, with friendship because he was like, we're not going to focus on men because this is, you need to focus on me, but I will give you some lifelines. You know, like you've had your therapist, you've had your vocal coach and my vocal coach for like a year, I didn't know my vocal coach and my therapist were believers because they were just, they were just showering me in love because that that's, they knew if they were going to get me to the light side, I needed to be showered in love. So they were doing their ministry in a correct way. There's a lot of shame that a lot of like, quote unquote, Christians like put on people. And the shame is running rampant in the church. And that's a whole nother podcast we could talk about. But they just showered me in love. And I realized like, oh, that's actually what a relationship with Jesus is and, and knowing God and and that's all really God wants to do. He just wants to love us and he wants us to choose him. And so I have all these amazing conversations with my girlfriends because I just, we all understand that. We all get it. We all are rooted in that way. And I prayed for so long, God, just give me girlfriends. Just give me girlfriends that I can talk to. Give me people that I can relate to because I've had, you know, I've had some really great friendships along the way, but I've moved a lot. I grew up in Houston, went to LA, came to Nashville. So I rebuilt a lot and I, I have some like ride or die friendships from childhood, but you always need friendships in the city that you live in, you know, yeah. because it can get really, really lonely. And I realized that my friends, my friends, quote unquote friends, um, before my spiritual shifts weren't really friends at all here in Nashville. They were people that I went out drinking with. They were people that I went out doing crazy things with. And, at, you know, if something hard were to arise, like I wasn't having a good day, they weren't there. Mm. They didn't, they couldn't handle it because they're dealing with their own stuff. Mm. And I feel now that, and God delivered, man. I mean, my girlfriends, he delivered, uh, over delivered, really. That's what God wants to do. He wants to over deliver. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I'm, I'm resting in such a safe space now with my friendships and it feels so good. And it's so reflective of God's love. Like all, all of them, all of them are so reflective of God's love. It's amazing. I'm getting inspired over here listening to your story because I feel like the common theme is that verse more than we can ask or imagine because yep. Olivia's plan was I'm going to be a singer, songwriter, and I don't know, maybe it dreams of making it famous that way. And God's like, Different plan. <laughs> different plan. And Listen, you're like, your good, but different plan. <laughs> yes. And so many other things you talked about, you know, wanting friendships and God's like more than you can ask or imagine and all the things that are, yeah, more than you can ask or imagine. I love it. Right. More than literally. And that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. And, and in this life, we're just trying to make a good life for ourselves and, and, and to have somebody who wants to give you more than you could ask for, more than you could even imagine. It's like, oh, well, duh. Like, I'm going to believe in that. That sounds awesome. Like, no brainer. Like, but we've gotten so far down this path of religion and God and Jesus. It's just been so perverted by, you know, false teaching and false doctrine and people operating out of their woundedness. Yeah preaching the gospel versus just preaching the gospel and, and, and really working on your own personal relationship with God, like, you know, Hail Marys and all that stuff and doing, you know, whatever, like, it's all good if it gets you to God, but you don't need it. Yeah. Like you, you God's here. He's uh, right now. I could just start talking to him and praying. Like he, he's here waiting just, for you to say, Hey dude, like that's what all of my prayers were in the beginning. I was like, so I don't really know how to do this, but like, God, what's up? Like, <laughs> and he would answer. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't have to be this beautiful holier than thou God art. Like as you mature in your spiritual walk, you learn different language. It's like a different language that you start to speak, but he's here. He's everywhere. And that's what's really hard for people to understand. It's like, no, like, yeah, you, you can plug into this if you want to. It's up to you. I'm getting happy tears over here. I didn't expect them. Aww. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it's so worth crying over. Right? Like, I've never had, and it's so funny that you say happy tears because I've never really experienced the happy tear feeling until like this year because I'm starting to see all of these blessings line up. You know, like when God's working, it, it doesn't make sense until it does make sense. You're like, why did you just tell me to be, get prepared? Why did you just tell me, why do I hear, why is this impressed on my heart to go talk to that person or to, you know, just wait? Or why are you telling me this? And then, you know, a week goes by, six months goes by, a year goes by. And you're like, whoa, I just had to wait because you were working. And it's it's just, it's real. It's so real. And I'm just so much happier. That's really what it is. I'm just so much happier and, and I feel rooted in what my life's purpose is. And I think that's what we're all searching for, peace yeah. and purpose. Um, when our daughter was little, she's probably like three or four. I remember her just giggling on the floor over something and she goes, mama, there's happy tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best feeling in the world. It's I like know. you're just overwhelmed it's overwhelming love that you don't feel you deserve and we don't deserve it that's why it's a gift that's why it works yeah. because we're like oh well if i'm not worthy anyway 
might as well just shoot my shot and have God alongside of me, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Knowing that being in that place of, of submission and knowing that our own flesh will never be good enough to do what God does, it's like, all right. And I still struggle with it every day. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah, God's totally. like, that, 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 that. <laughs> no, that's what life is going to be. You're never going to get to this like end point yeah. of, of greatness with being a believer. It's just, God's just alongside of you. He's along the journey, you know? Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about boys. Um, <laughs> oh, let's talk about boys, girl. You have so much great content on TikTok about, you know, content in your singleness. And so we talked about content as it relates to all you know, parts of your journey and your career and your passions and all of that. But that's a real thing. And so many girls are trying to find content in the singleness or, or what does it look like to date healthy or all that kind of stuff. And so you have a, a lot of good perspectives on that. So I'd love for you to share your thoughts. Yes. Yes. Um, it's, I was joking with my girlfriends the other day. I was like, I think I have the answer to dating and peaceful singleness. Give up and give it to God. <laughs> just give up. Yes. Just just let God come into your, let God be your ultimate everything. I started 2020 doing like this virtual date and it was fun, but it was like, yeah. and then once like things started opening up a little bit in 2020, like I started like kind of hanging out with these guys who I had known, but they knew that I was single because I just had gotten out of a two-year relationship um, at the end of 2019. And so all these guys kind of started coming out of the woodworks. And like, I feel like God with every single guy was like teaching me a lesson. But what I noticed too, is that I was getting stronger, that I was like, wait a minute, this person doesn't check this box for me and I'm dealing with it. I'm thinking that I can overcome it and change it. And no, 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 no. That's old Olivia. That's 2017 version of Olivia. We're not doing that anymore. Because for so long, I was in relationships thinking the other person would change. Mm. Thinking that I was enough to make them change. That's really what it was. Thinking I was enough to make them change. And that is so toxic. I mean, yeah. there was so much stuff that I needed to, I needed to undo so many things and, and figure out where that desire to change someone came from. And really it was all rooted in me, you know, like I needed to change. You can't change <laughs> it's funny that we, pro- yeah, you can only change you. Yep. It's funny that we project what we really need onto other people. So it gives you a lot of insight when you know, when you start to work on that. And when you learn that, especially with other people, you're like, Oh, this person is projecting this on me. You can see through people's emotions. You're like, Oh, I resonate with that. Also, that's wrong and that's toxic. And I'm not going to deal with that, but I see you and I have empathy for you. You get to this point where you're just like, I have empathy for you, but I can't have you in my life because that's toxic behavior. And the only reason I know that is because I did it (laughs) because I had to work through it. And I've put in a lot of work and money and time into healing myself. And I just can't have you in my life anymore. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff I was throwing into men and in my last relationship and he's a wonderful human. He's just not my human. Mm-hmm. He's not my person. And it took me two years and two breakups to realize it. <laughs> Kept going back. Mm-hmm. And my therapist just had to, you know, say, Okay, 
it's your journey, you know, like it's <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I just spent so much of my time thinking this is good enough and he's going to change. Those are two very dangerous places to be. It was like a gentle whisper. It was always like, are you sure this is good enough? Maybe this is as good as it gets. And I spent so much of my life being in unsafe relationships that I, that I subjected myself to. I put myself there um, thinking that it was the other person who needed to change when really it was me who needed to change and, and understand my value and my worth. And I just got so fed up and I was like, you know what? I'm, I am done. I am done. I am just going to give it to you, God, because every time I've done that, it has worked. More than you can ask or imagine. <laughs> exactly. He is always wanting to overdeliver. Yes. So I just got to wait for those blessings. But that's but but that doesn't mean that I'm not lonely. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I I don't yearn for for a relationship, for someone to truly see me and know me on the fleshly level, but anytime those thoughts arise, I'm like, "Oh, huh. I got you, God." <laughs> I'll always like lay in bed at night and I'll do a prayer and I'll just let my mind roam for like 10 minutes. If I do more than that, like all, all the wildly fanciful things, I'll just let my mind roam for 10 minutes and then I shut it down because it's just like, I can't, I can't think that gives me too much anxiety to overthink about things, but I do give myself a little bit. And it's like, I always wildly fancifully think of like who my person's going to be and, and what I want them to be. And well, you know, you just, as women, we fantasize about what we want in a relationship and, um, I just know I'm just confident that God's going to deliver, but I also know God's going to be the person I turn to when I'm, when I'm sad about it because I don't have someone. And that's even honoring, just like, I want someone like, yes, we can be single and be happy about it and be happy. But at the end of the day, I want someone and I don't want people to make me feel bad for wanting somebody. Like I'm going to be proud. I'm like, yes, I want to, I want a godly man. I want a man who will lead me. I want a man who is rooted in Jesus because I'm a strong woman. And it's going to take a even stronger man to lead this, <laughs> this, this, all this over here, you know, like it, I'm very strong and I'm very independent and God's going to have to send me a man who is very strong and very independent, but also is somebody who leads in the correct way, in the biblical way, not the, you know, worldly, you know, he's the breadwinner and this, no, those are, those are all things that are very fleshly and worldly. It's like, you just need a man craves to lead in, in very healthy biblical ways because he submits to God and I, you know, the woman submits to her husband, but submits is such an emotionally, you know, yeah. charged word right now that it doesn't really mean that at face value. It just means there's a way things work and there's Respect. a way that God designed things. Right. And I want to be part of that because everything that I've submitted to God has worked. It is a that. foolproof plan, guys. If yeah. you're listening, God is a foolproof plan God. <laughs> yes. I love that. And I think you're right. That submit word people get like, ooh. It's just respect. It's just respect. And it's, it's also... Respect. Yeah. And it's also... Um, trust, trusting in your partner. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's harder on the guy, honestly, if, if we're like, um, you know, I trust that even though I don't understand and maybe I disagree on this huge life decision you are in prayer about it and you are desiring what is best for our family because you are in constant communication with God. And therefore maybe I don't know that we should move or take this job or do this big life change, but I trust that you are in constant communication with God. And then ultimately 
that, you know, that's, that's his leadership and that's how you respect and honor and trust uh, in a relationship. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's important. And that's, I think there's a beautiful, a beautiful thing that a woman offers to a man in a relationship because we are so feminine energy is just so wonderful. We're so in tune with our emotions and, and we're so, I don't know, we're just, we, we lean on our, we do really lean on our emotions and it's something that men, the masculine energy, you know, there's a reason both of them exist because they, you know, they counteract each other and they balance each other. And I think in a healthy relationship, like I just want to find somebody who's my mirror. I want someone to push me to pray more. I want someone to push me to lead. And that's what I'm looking for. And I'm not going to settle. So ladies, don't set. Well, first get God in your life and don't settle. That's Preach. all I can say. That's my story. 16 years married. So hundred <gasps> percent. Well, congrats. Thanks. I'm going to some, um, you know, wisdom from you. What was, what's been the biggest thing just in your long-term relationship? Like what has been, what has been the biggest challenge and what's been the biggest gift in, in, you know, your relationship? From a single girl's perspective, I need your wisdom, you know? I always tell girls to have non-negotiables. And I like it that you said you had a list, but I've, I've listened to so many different perspectives on this. You know, Michael Todd has this relationship goals where he says, rip up your list because his point is, for example, like he wanted to be, uh, have a girl who was debt free, but then they're getting out of debt together was part of their story. So, you know, it's, mm. it's like, it's having these priorities, but but communicating with God, like God, it's important for me yep. to have X, Y, Z, but is this what you want? Because I have limited vision. You know, I, I see, I see the first step, but you see the whole journey. And so I tell girls the, I mean, your non-negotiables are, are sharing the same faith and everything else we can, we can talk about, but, um, sharing the same faith. I just, I think that that is a 100% non-negotiable, but anyway, so that's my story as far as like, me, I was a non-Christian. I dated all kinds of dirt bags. I danced on tables. I, you know, made questionable decisions on spring break with questionable boys. And, um, <laughs> then had a total 180, like you, you know, got to know Jesus, got to know the fulfiller of my heart, my only one true romance. And then he gave me the best example of Jesus I've ever met on this earth. And that is my husband. And I have learned since then that truly the, the man woman relationship, the, the marriage is designed to be an example of how much God loves us here on earth. And that is, um, I mean, gosh, to, for me to daily show up and show Brian how much Jesus loves him and for him to do the same, that is a gift and a responsibility. And of course, we don't always get it right, but we get to love when we're a pain in the butt. We get to celebrate each other's wins. We get to spur each other on. We get to encourage and, you know, enlighten each other and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, a responsibility and a gift, as I say, and just learning daily how much God loves me to communicate that to him. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what I've learned along the way. I love that. And that's what it should be. It should be a reflection of God's love in the other person. Yeah. And, and I love that. It's like, make your list, make your list of non-negotiables, but like, you know, if someone's debt free or if they, you know, have some, maybe they're, you know, physically just like, maybe they have some weight to lose or like all of those worldly fleshly things. It's like, be open. Yeah. Be open, you know, like, and, and, and it goes back to, okay, this is my will, but what's your will? Because yeah. I want your will. Right. You're correct. You're correct. Yes. Like, it's just, this is what I want. You see it. But, and I agree with you, non-negotiable on faith. Yes. Like the way you see the world, because that's just where, 
that's where it all springs from, you know, back to, back to those therapy bubbles. Like my therapist was like, from your spiritual bubble, all the other ones will fall into place. You should live from your spiritual bubble. And man, it's just been amazing living from that bubble for the last few years (laughs) really has. Yeah. And I'm thinking about how we're all made to worship. And it's so interesting because everyone's worshiping something. Everyone's worshiping their career, their beauty, their boyfriend, their something. And and yeah. I think that, you, you know, your spirit, your counselor telling you everything flows from that spiritual bubble. So, you know, what are you worshiping? So that's huge. Exactly. Oh, that is huge. That's good. Because <laughs> it, it's so true. I mean, we all have these you know, we call them false idols where it's just like, are you worshiping money? Are you worshiping? And the thing is, even as a believer, sometimes I fall into that. Sometimes I'm like, I'm worshiping the wrong things right now. I'm giving my time to this when I should be giving it to God. And it's, it's a, but, but having that base, it's like putting the the puppy back on the newspaper when they've had an accident. It's like, oh, you're always waiting for me to come back and turn to you. And that's the greatest gift in the world because we are going to mess up. Yes. Even when we have Jesus in our lives, we're going to mess up and we're going to, but we're going to be aware of it. And we're going to be convicted about it. And we're going to know that we have somebody who loves us. Yes. Yes. Oh, I have so many things. I'm also thinking about, you know, our children and, and like, he's a good father. And it's like, and we are kids. We are kids are like, no, dad, I know better than you as a toddler, you know, like I'm going to run away from what is best for me. And he's like, that's adorable. Um, we've been over this, you know, <laughs> Right. And that's literally what most of my TikToks are because it's just absolutely cuckoo bananas, the things. I'm just like, I find so much humor in it because it's just like, of course, God expects us to be, you know, uh, like do it, trying to do things our own way. And, and, and it's, it's like bringing that, that levity and that, and that um, playfulness back to our relationship with God because I think I, I'm very careful to, understand other people's perspective of how they grew up in the church, because I do think that there is a lot of stuff that the church, the body needs to work on. Um, just like, you know, false teaching. And I'm in a Bible study with, uh, like four or five older women in their sixties and they all grew up different Baptist, Catholic, you know, Methodist, blah, 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 all these denominations and with all their specific rules and all the specific things that they believe in. And it's like, I don't get it because we all believe in Jesus. So why are we all, what, why, what? I'm actually very thankful now that God kept, that God allowed my heart to be hardened for that time in my life because I did go on this atheist journey and I did make a lot of mistakes and I did get weary. And that ultimately made me come back to him, which is amazing. I grew up with my own kind of shame and and stuff that I had to undo. But if it was in the church around my spirituality, that would have been really hard for me. That would have been very hard for me to undo. And I know that a lot of people are, are in that where it's like, I grew up and I, I was lukewarm and, or, you know, like I was shamed a lot. Like it was religion was used and Jesus was used as shame. Like if I don't do this and repent, I'm going to burn like all of these crazy thoughts, but they have been used to keep people totally bound to the church in an unhealthy way. And I think just like my calling is to interject that guys, like Jesus was divine and human. Do we like, he was both like, we got to see the human side of Jesus. Like, even in my music, like 
I don't feel I resonate with Christian music because a lot of Christian music is like singing about Jesus to people. It's like, we can go learn about Jesus in the Bible. What about all the broken people that Jesus ministered to? What about our broken experience and why we need Jesus? Let's not just say, we need Jesus. It's like, no, 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 why? Why do we need Jesus? Because I'm turning to wine right now instead of turning to Jesus. Or I'm, you know, this is my brokenness that I need desperately need Jesus for. And that's where I feel like my calling for my music is shifting. Jesus is the lion and the lamb. He's human and divine. And there's some things we're just not going to know. And that's cool. But, you know, it's just faith is a mystery and also just really, really wonderful. Yes, I love all of that. I think that it's oftentimes humans that have made church and religion and everything else complicated. Jesus said, love God and love others. I don't know why we've argued about the color of the church carpet and whether we should dunk or sprinkle or <laughs> stay hymns or rock music. Like, like what the heck? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. It's, but you know, we're human and yeah, that's, that's, and we're, that's the, uh, the life sentence we have, of, <laughs> you know, just being broken and wounded, but aware of it. Yes. <laughs> and he came for us anyway. Um, exactly. I know that everyone is going to love what you're doing and want to get more Olivia in their life. <laughs> so tell us where they can find your, well, let's start with your podcast. Yes. So I have a podcast called Living Instead, and it's everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And I started that podcast uh, in 2020 because I was one bored and <laughs> needing an outlet, a creative outlet, because I couldn't get in the studio. And podcasting was a frontier that I had always wanted to do because I do love talking, obviously. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to, I just want to interview the people that helped me. So maybe it might help other people. And I interviewed my vocal coach, my trainer, my stylist, uh, like so many people who just helped me in my broken, my brokenness and really heal a lot of, a lot of that. And it turned into just having conversations with anyone really, because everybody has their own journey and their own peaks and valleys and, and mountaintop moments and how they got out of those dark moments. And we are so resilient. That's the thing I've noticed. We are just so resilient as humans and we are so malleable and we change and it's beautiful. I mean, we, it's, it's the coolest thing I've, I've realized with that podcast that everyone has a story and everybody has something worth learning. So started that working on season three, trying to figure out what that direction is for me and really fine tuning what that brand is. And it's based on a song I have called living instead that's out now that you can listen to. And it's, it was based on a therapy moment where I realized I needed to get out of my head and start living my life and be more present and stop letting my negative self-talk run my life. And that was sort of the essence of the podcast. So yeah, you can go listen to it. Seasons one and two are out now. Living instead. I'm sure they can find it on iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Oh yes. Oh yes. Love Everywhere. it. And your song. Yeah. Living yes. instead. Um, yes, absolutely. I'm actively coming out with music like this year it's happening. I have a few songs out already. I let the devil in and why don't we, um, uh, which are all leading up to my new record called Heart Change. And I'm very excited about it. This music, y'all, I just am so jazzed. I'm so excited. And you can go check out my TikTok, that Olivia Lane Music. That's my Instagram. You can go look at all of my crazy content. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I just have a lot of energy. So I just put it out there and I own it. 
but so Olivia Lane Music is all my socials, and then my music is under Olivia Lane. So go go check out my music. I have a lot of music out there actually, which is you know it's a blessing. But this newer music, I'm I'm super proud of. I love that. Ah, and that's so cool because you mentioned how your earlier music was kind of like, eh, and now you're like, I'm super proud of it. So they're just showing the journey of how God has transformed you and what you put out there into the world. Absolutely. And even my voice, like you can go back and listen to my earlier songs and it just feels, I don't know. I mean, and maybe that's just a, a tw- like a cringe moment for me because I have seen how much I've grown, but there are so many people who love that early music and, and I honor that. And I, I, you know, it just shows for me personally, I kind of went through the season where I didn't like what I'd put out. Like I almost, I almost took all of it down to be honest, but I had to honor the people who I've already changed along the way or the, this, not me, really the song changed and has become something for somebody. So I, I, I couldn't take that away from the fans I've already made. Yeah. It's just growth. It's all growth. You look back and you're like, Oh, but Hey, I've grown. So it's cool. (laughs) Uh, I love everything about this conversation and I know the listeners out there will too. So you guys go give her a follow Olivia Lane music on all the things, go download some of her awesomeness out there on Spotify as well. But thank you so much for being here and sharing this conversation with me. Oh, Katie, thank you. And thank you for giving a space to just talk about our mess. Cause that's really what it is. Like our twenties, I mean life in general, but really the twenties are just, as I'm, you know, closing out and I'm so excited to be 30. Like, I feel like I just don't care anymore. Like I do care, but like the things that I used to care about, I just, I'm over it. Yes. <laughs> Which is amazing. Freedom. But freedom, exactly. Mental freedom. I mean, so many la- layers of freedom, but I just appreciate you doing this podcast. Oh, I'm so glad to do it. Everything I do started with having coffee dates with my younger friends. And this podcast I like to imagine is just that, you and I having a coffee date. And if it went by too quickly for anyone else besides just me, there are plenty more episodes to check out in the archive. So just scroll up, find a topic that suits your fancy and give it a listen. If an episode made a difference in your life, take a screenshot, share it on social, give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big virtual hug. And leaving those reviews on iTunes is a chai tea latte to my soul to see your reviews. And thank you so much for each of you who keep coming back week after week and getting some truths for your 20s. Hi, I'm Hannah. Thanks for listening to my mom's podcast. And my work here is done. Special thanks to Upward for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go check them out in the App Store.